Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. Today's title is, Where Will the Judgment Start? If you recall the introduction for last week's podcast, it read as the following. If I'm a Christian, why do I also have to be a Republican? What makes me a sinner and on my way to hell because I refuse to, to vote Republican? Why will those who hate me because of the color of my skin or for any reason enter into the kingdom of God because they're far right wing extremists, regardless of their bigotry, lies, murders, cowardness, and devotion to things and people other than God? Brothers and sisters, today's statistics show that in 1972, 89% of Democrats identified as Christians. In 2021, that number dropped to 53%, a 36 percentage point difference. Republican Christians dropped from 95 to 79%. Overall, including independents, the drop in those who identify as Christians dropped by a total of 61%. Christians are leaving the faith in droves, not just because of turning to other beliefs, but because of what they are seeing and experiencing from other Christians, which make them want to want something other than Christianity. As I was in prayer last week, I heard the Holy Ghost so clearly say to me, and I quote, the damage that's being done to the name of Jesus and the Christian faith is irreparable. Who's to blame? The church by refusing to stand up and speak what God says, close quote. I once heard someone say that your silence is your okay to violence. I could use those same words in reference to the silence in the church and body of Christ today. The silence that's reverberating through Christian communities, the silence that's so oblivious to outcries, hurts, and pains that are being inflicted through the hatred, bigotry, racism, and white supremacy in the church and body of Christ today. That same silence is the loud, boisterous, outspoken approval of all these racist practices that are occurring among Christians. But why is the church so quiet with the refusal to speak up against these atrocities? For many, it's because of their fear. It's a fear of retaliation and reprisals from those whom they seek approval and acceptance, which means that they fear man more than they fear God. It means that they desire the presence and blessings of man more than the blessings of God. Unfortunately, too many have come to a place where they regard their good fortunes, perhaps wealth and opportunity, which comes from man as those that come from God. They actually believe that because they have wealth, popularity, even fame and notoriety, especially in the pulpits across this nation who preach the prosperity message, that they have these things because they're blessed by God. But remember Nabal. Abigail's husband, who was a rich man with much cattle and goats, but yet he was a fool. Like many pastors and preachers today, Nabal came from good beginnings. He was, the, he was of the house of Caleb. 
But because he was selfish and refused to meet the need of people he considered beneath him, people he should have been willing to help, people who needed his help, but because he was immoral, thoughtless, and inconsiderate, God struck and killed him. But there are many in the church today who submit to immoral, thoughtless practices because of their fears. We all know that God's word continually reminds us. In fact, he commands us not to be afraid. God is not a God of fear. I had a conversation with a dear friend of mine recently where we discussed the difference between fear and respect. When we say that we fear God, it means that we have a reverential respect for him. Whereas when there's a fear of something in the sense of being afraid, it means that there's worry, dread, anxiety, or even a panic. God literally sent a panic among the Philistines when they went into battle against the Israelites on more than one occasion. Those were the types of, types of panic that were used against the enemies of God. But yet, in Deuteronomy 20 and 3, it reads, He shall say, Hear, Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. And in Isaiah 28, 16, it reads, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. To the people of God, there should be no panic or fear. It's these things that have taken hold of pastors and leaders in the church today that causes them not to be willing to take a true and firm stand against racism in the body of Christ. It's fear, a demonic fear that causes the church to bring embarrassment to the name of Jesus in this hour. When we see thugs, gangbangers, and all the rest of these young people fighting and killing one another in the streets today, it's not because of their courage or lack of fear that allows for that in their lives. It's their stupidity and the lack of wisdom. It's a matter that they no longer care about their own lives, so therefore they don't care about anyone else's life. With the people that fought during the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th, it wasn't courage or patriotism. No, it was stupidity and fear of a lie that they wanted to believe. So they used that as an excuse to rise up against the government of this nation. All stupidity and lies, cowardness. God is not calling on the church to be stupid. He's saying to us to believe his word, trust in him, don't be cowards, unbelievers, and liars. The church has become such false witnesses, and worse yet, they're using God's word in an attempt to convince others that they're truthful. It means that they're using God's word to accomplish their hidden agendas and ulterior motives. Let's go back to Revelations 21 and 8. Again, in the King James Version, it reads, 
but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That same verse in the Amplified Classic Edition reads, but as for the cowards and the ignoble and the contemptible and the cravingly lacking in courage and the cowardly submissive and as for the unbelieving and faithless and as for the depraved and defiled with abominations and as for the murderers and the lewd and the adulterers and the practicers of magic arts and the idolaters, those who give supreme devotion to anyone or anything other than God and all liars those who knowingly convey untruth by word or deed, all of these shall have their part in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. If ever the church was being described in the Bible today, it is in this verse. I want to key in on the Amplified Classic Edition where it mentions the cowardly submissive. This refers to those who have given in to the bullies because they're afraid of them. We used to have a saying when we were kids that if the bully was too big to fight, just spit on them and run. Do anything just to let them know that you weren't afraid and that you weren't taking what they were putting down. It's easy for pastors, leaders, prophets, evangelists, and all the rest to say nothing in, in defense of their non-white members because it's not their black, Hispanic, or Asian members who are a threat to them. It's not their non-white members who they're afraid of. These are the ones who have been submissive to their leadership and depended on that same leadership to stand up for them, not so much with the civil rights movement or Black Lives Matter, it's just to stand up with truth. Yet these leaders have continued to twist God's word, use his word to their advantage to make themselves look as though they are strong and powerful to their white counterparts. And all the time, they're actually weak, fearful, and submissive cowards. What person would want to be with someone who they know in the end won't stand up for them? The following is a word that God spoke to my spirit on Friday morning when I was in prayer. And again, I quote, but every person who has left a church or worse yet, their walk with the father, there's a pastor who needs to know that it's his fault, end quote. I don't believe that God is talking about or referring to those who have left because they chose sin over repentance. Those who deliberately and knowingly chose to go away of their own choosing. No, I believe that God is speaking of pastors who turn their backs on their non-white members in submissiveness to their racist white members who are pushing this far-right, ultra-conservative Republican rhetoric. For those pastors who have allowed these people, not just black, but white, Asian, Hispanic, or whoever, to walk away from Christ because of their cowardice, they will burn in hell. 
even if there are those who continue to attend service where pastors have refused to take a stand on their behalf, it means that these pastors have left their sheep unprotected and subject to abuse, attacks, and even death, literally. Every week, someone, I should say several someones, make the decision not to return to church. It's not just about church hurt or offenses. It's actually a matter that they can no longer be a part of the hypocrisy and lies that are being lived by so many who call themselves Christians. They don't just walk away from the church. If that were the case, it would be okay because probably they would just walk into another Christian church. However, many of these people are walking away from Christ himself and Christianity. It broke my heart recently when I read where a woman actually said she has unbaptized herself to revert the baptism and commitment she made to Christ. She no longer wants to be a Christian because of what she sees in Christianity. The unfortunate thing about her statement was that not only did many agree with her, but there were more who said that they would do the same thing. They are making cognizant decisions to walk away from Christ. Marjorie Taylor Greene says that we should make everyone Christians by force. So let's go back to the time of the Crusades where if you weren't Christians, the Crusaders killed you and your families. But the same woman says that she loves Jesus and that she's sent by him. This makes a mockery of Christ. It makes a mockery of the church and ex explains why that in the end, there will be such an uprising and persecutions against Christians. It's Christians like her and others that will cause non-Christians to bring about the great tribulation spoken of in the book of Revelations. It's without a doubt that it's Christians who will bring God's judgment down upon us all. 1 Peter 4.17 in the Amplified Classic Edition reads, For the time has arrived for judgment to begin with the household of God. Again, for violence, racism, hatred, and bigotry to spread, then all we have to do is sit back and do nothing. Just remain silent to the wrongs that are rising up against blacks and non-whites by white supremacists, racists, and bigots across this nation, especially in the churches. Black churches and Jewish synagogues have always been the targets of racist attacks and bigoted assaults for years. When AIDS was first revealed, it was mostly among gay men. So the church and the white elite conservatives sat back and said very little. But what they did say was that it was God's judgment on those people because they were homosexuals. However, once AIDS began to spread to their heterosexual spouses and even their children, then that song of condemnation changed. It will be no less with the violence being perpetrated against blacks and non-whites in their schools, neighborhood, groceries, and in their churches. 
Again, God's word said, says that it's time for judgment and it will begin in the house of the Lord, in the church. Let these leaders continue to sit back on their hunches and believe that they don't have to say anything because it's just the black Jews, Asians, and Hispanics that are being affected by the killings and the violence. They also felt that way about the drugs and crack cocaine that was re released into the inner cities by the CIA. We all remember that under the two Republican presidents, Ronald Reagan and George Bush, when the CIA put that hideous plot into action. Yes, it had a devastating effect, but eventually those drugs made its way into white suburbia where they had thought it would never reach. And by the time it did, it was too late for them to try to contain it. Let the far-right Republicans continue to believe that they're safe from violence as long as they have their guns. Satan is a subtle devil. In fact, the Bible says that he was the most subtle beast in the garden. Remember how he connived Eve into thinking that she could eat the fruit? This earth has never gotten over the consequences of that deception. So it will be with the church today. As he so subtly deceives these far-right conservative Christians into thinking that their guns are their protections, as long as he keeps them believing that they can lie, deceive, and use the name of Jesus to cover what they're doing, they will continue to use the pulpits in the churches to achieve their agendas. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord. As long as the true enemy keeps them believing that they have to stand up and protect their whiteness with guns, as long as he can keep them believing that no one else, no other race matters but theirs, he will continue to control them with fear, cowardice, lies, murder, idolatry, the abominable, whoremongering, and sorcery. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And with these, he will continue to drag these Christians, those who have turned from serving the true and living God to serve the gods of politics into the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. In the 81st division of Psalms, verses 12 through 14, it reads, So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. If the church would only listen to God and follow his ways, but because they won't, God has given them over to their own stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. Let me say here and now to those who refuse to know and understand the consequences of their decisions, to those who have for generations followed the pattern set by their forefathers to keep blacks and other races subdued, obstructed, and even rejected in order to keep white supremacy in control by using the word of God, that time has come and gone. We will follow the ways of God and listen to him. Therefore, God will turn his hand against our foes. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. 
We now know who we are in the body of Christ, and we will no longer accept the lies being told from the pulpits to keep us in line as it did with our ancestors who were slaves. We will no longer be influenced and subjected to the lies and deceit of people who have led us to Christ with hidden agendas and ulterior motives. I must ask Karen now, did you really think that God would sit back and allow this? Did those who thought that they could use the word of God to intimidate and control those of other races really think that God wouldn't see the pure love his non-white children who have also been adopted as sons and daughters be treated by him as bastards? Many will say that these white pastors and predominantly white members of the church truly love their black and non-white members. I believe with all my heart that many of them do, purely without malice or forethought. Yet, they are those who have the same mentality of slave masters who loved their slaves as long as they knew their place and remained in chains. As long as they didn't think they were the same as their white masters, they were loved. But let me say again, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. I would say to those who say that they truly love their non-white sisters and brothers, then show your love by speaking up. Show your love for God by standing on his word, not just for yourselves, but for everyone, and especially for those who you know are looked down upon by other white members as less than and beneath them. Stand up and speak on behalf of members who you know are being treated wrongly by the white supremacists and bigots in your churches. Don't be silent because judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I. T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.